you're listening to Everyday Creative People. I'm your host, Dina Adrians, and this podcast is for the doers, dreamers, and makers of the world. For anyone who wishes they had more time and freedom to play, who struggles with creative blocks, or who's trying to figure out how to make a living while making art, I'm here to stumble through the madness by your side. Once you finish listening to today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast. Leave a comment and tell a friend. It will really help me out. You can also join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group after the show and find all the show notes at dinaadriance.com slash ecppodcast. Now settle in, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Creative People. I am here today with Tatiana Zamir. And Tatiana is, it's so, I love this because I like to ask my guests, you know, what are some titles that you would give yourself to describe the various things that you do? And Tatiana gave me like a whole long list. (laughs) Choreographer, dancer, dance instructor, teacher, mentor, coach, writer, healer, movement therapist, producer, wife, friend, mother of the sweetest pit bull, probably other things on that list as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I love love all those titles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, there are all kinds of different things that are happening here. Tatiana, let's see, you are primarily a a, a dancer and a choreographer, but also a holistic healer. And it's, and, and I think you've really done some cool things with bringing those pieces together. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. So yeah, you're doing all kinds of things. You started dancing when you were like really young, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I was like three years old or something. Like I was really little when my, my grandmother put me in. Um, I think ballet was pretty much the first dance class I took because I have pictures of me and my tutu and it's really cute and it doesn't <laughs> quite fit. And it's like right under my left nipple sorry that might be too much for a podcast I didn't plan on saying that but it's just really funny because I'm like grandma why is my leotard not on me correctly I'm glad I was having a good time but did you at least get my outfit together um and then for a few years um I didn't dance I don't know exactly what happened like it was just I don't know in the process of life and moving yeah she put me in martial arts and other things and Hmm. then when I was about um in seventh grade my grandma put me back into ballet because I had really bad posture. And she was just like, your chest is all caved in and you're slouching a lot. And she was like, oh no, we need to fix this. So, um, so yeah, that's, that got me back into dancing again, which I am so grateful for because it has been just everything. It's been such healing medicine for me. So at what point did you realize like, oh wait, maybe this is a career path for me? I think. I mean, I feel like even in high school, maybe even junior high, I thought about it. But definitely in high school, I was just like, I know I love to dance. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know what it looks like. But I always knew I was drawn to it and I was going to do something with it. And then when I graduated from well, high school, I applied to different um, dance departments in different colleges. And I just assumed like, I don't know, maybe I'll be a teacher. Maybe I'll um, I wasn't really sure, but I knew that I wanted to study it and that's where my heart was leading me. And I was like, we'll figure it out. I yeah. actually did want to be one of the options I was considering was being a dance therapy major. 
Okay. And at the time there was only like one college that had that offering and it was just, I don't know, in some weird place or somewhere I didn't really want to live and I wasn't ready to leave home yet. And I don't know, something about it just didn't feel right. So at the time I kind of let that idea go and I was like, well, I guess that's not going to be my path. But what's really funny is that I ended up (laughs) doing that eventually just on kind of on my own terms. So, and you, I mean, speaking of sort of dance therapy, you do these radiant healing breakthrough workshops. Can you tell me more about what that is? Yeah, basically all of my workshops incorporate different movement therapy techniques that I've either learned or created. A lot of them are designed to help just release stress and pain and trauma in the body to just really help us um, to heal our stories and our experiences and find ways to hopefully get the fuel and tools that we need to move forward and to sustain ourselves and hopefully to not just get through something, but to learn how to even thrive from our challenges and, you know, experiences that were really maybe painful for us. So that's one element of the workshops, but we do all kinds of things. We do different things that just help. Well, my intention at least is to just help people find a certain sense of um, joy and healing and liberation in their spirit body to explore different ways to, authentically connect with themselves and each other. Yeah, I have different intentions and certain workshops have different themes. So kind of depending on the theme, we'll focus on that and the exercises will kind of be influenced and inspired by the theme. Yeah. So this isn't like one set workshop that you do. It's like an umbrella category for a variety of different workshops that you've offered. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cool. How did you, um, like, what led you to create this type of workshop? Hmm. Well, like I said, I had always had kind of just an inspiration for this concept of dance therapy. I think I've always been drawn to healing, healing the body, using the body as a vehicle for, yeah, just for healing. And then at the same time, yeah, I think I was just always interested in the spiritual and the physical component and so as a dance major I had this movement background but then I also was attracted to the healing arts like I've been doing massage and Reiki and all Mm. kinds of other stuff for years as well and I went to a holistic healing school called Institute of Psychostructural Balancing which was a you know body therapy based school I went there after UCLA after I graduated as a dance major and that was my first really strong intro into the mind-body connection and I won't go too deep into that but it basically just blew my mind just how connected our experiences are and how they affect our bodies and so after I graduated from that I have a friend who is also like a dancer and a healer and a coach and one of the things she does is just help women like bring all their gifts together into like one offering to kind of just help them to, Mm. um, yeah, just pull it all together. So I did some work with her and out of that work, I created this movement therapy method and and it was just amazing. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm bringing two things together that I really love and it felt really organic and it made sense and I felt like it was always meant to be. So that's how that came about. That's awesome. How, How long have you been doing these workshops? The workshops, I've actually been doing these workshops not that long. I want to say like three years. I could be wrong. I'd have to really, but like three to four years. Yeah. So it's 2018. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, it's interesting because before we 
started recording this conversation, you and I were just chatting and mm -hmm. uh, you said something about how you're constantly just like creating things. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody's like, oh, I want this thing. And you're like, okay, I'll make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about like, what mm. does that actually look like for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say I do that a whole lot. I, I do try to really stick with what I'm inspired to do. Like I just, I meditate a lot and pray a lot and I try to visualize like, okay, what's next? What is the next offering? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And for the most part, I actually do kind of stick to what I feel inspired by. Mm -hmm. But if someone or a situation comes to me that I, it, you know, I didn't think of, or it didn't come from me and it still makes sense. And I feel like I can provide something and it feels authentic, then I'm down to try that out, you know? Yeah. And if it's not, then I just gracefully, lovingly let people know, like, I think that's great. I don't do that, but I maybe know somebody who does, you know? So yeah, I do it when it makes sense. And if it doesn't, then I just, you know, like yeah. I said, redirect folks. You said, I'm, I mostly stick with what I'm inspired by. So what are the things that really inspire and drive you? Hmm. I mean, I'm really inspired. Um, I'm just inspired to find ways to connect deeper with our spirit body. And when I say spirit body, it's just like that, that mind, body, spirit connection. Like, I think that we're really encouraged as people in our, in our society to process a lot in our heads, you know, and, you know, we talk a lot and maybe people go to therapy and there's just a lot of ways that we process mm -hmm. life and our experience in our heads. And I'm really interested in getting people to kind of settle into their bodies a bit more and to have more intimacy and conversations with their bodies, because I think that we have so much wisdom and so much information in our bodies and that if we tap into are like this this spiritual component of that information that's coming through and we quiet our minds and we find ways to um connect with that and i think that that can happen in so many different ways but i'm really interested in in that myself and in offering spaces where people can can do that as well mm -hmm. what have you found to be most like are there particular practices or techniques or exercises that you found to be really effective in helping people do that? Yes. Yes. Um, I mentioned there's, you know, some different movement therapy techniques that I've, um, that I've learned about and studied and or created. And I oftentimes use several of them when I'm mm -hmm. teaching like a movement therapy based workshop. And yeah, I mean, they seem to just, I mean, all the different exercises I think impact people in different ways and obviously some connect with others more but I do definitely think that my my strong point and really what I'm here to do is like provide spaces for the movement and for I've had so many um participants just be like wow like I I just didn't even know I could move that way or I haven't moved my body mm. in years because I really try to create experiences and techniques that are super accessible for people. It's not like you have to be a dancer or have a movement background to experience yeah. these things. So, and people just being like, I didn't realize I could heal my heart so much by processing something through my body. Like, you know, wow. so I've heard all kinds of, of, you know, feedback and reflections, which 
have just been really incredible and is uh, definitely a big part of what sustains my work because if you're like oh okay this is working for folks let's let's keep this going so yeah hmm. you have a um there's a video of you online talking about joy mm -hmm. what does that mean to you what does joy mean to me or the yeah, yeah. hmm yeah i mean i'm I feel like I'm constantly, it's just definitely been a theme for me this last year or two, just been coming up a lot in different ways. And I think that, I think that joy is, you know, I have like a lot of things in my basket of what is just healing and liberating for me. And joy is one of those things. And so if I can find ways to connect deeper with my joy, I know I'm on the right path. You know, it's like I, I say in my talk, it's not that all the other emotions and experiences aren't important. They are, they so are, and um, they all have, have their purpose. But I have a history of being really comfortable with sadness and things not mm. going well. Like that's a really good, that's a really comfortable place for me. I know what devastation feels like. I know what loneliness feels like. I know what, feeling unloved feels like I'm really familiar with all of that. And I feel like I've really immersed myself in those emotions for most of my life. And so I'm really just been so drawn to the more I've done my own healing work. Um, just like, what is the other side of that? What does that look like? And what does it mean when I able to heal my heart and to open myself up to experience, you know, more joy and happiness and, and, freedom you know and to not feel like I have to be stuck in this cage just because it's familiar because I think it's easy to say what we want and that we want to change things but it's also just so much more comfortable to stay with what we know you know it's hard to break habits it's hard to break out of patterns unless you're just super like laser focused on it at least that's you know my experience so I just know that when I find ways to actively nurture my joy it just opens up a whole new world for me, a whole new world. It means my friendships are better. It means my marriage is better. It means I'm creating more. Um, so joy is really important to me. What enabled you to have that realization, that recognition? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, what comes to mind right now is maybe my relationship with my husband. Um, my husband is one of the happiest people I know. <laughs> and actually it was really annoying when we first got together because anytime I was going through something, you know, even if it was something small, like I just drove 30 minutes to go to this dance class and I can't find it. And I'm so upset. And he'll be like, Oh honey, it's okay. I'm sure. And he'll just like have some positive response. And I'm like, wait a second. You can't just do that all the time. You can't just jump to happiness without allowing me to just have a moment, you know, like hold some space for me to just like, and then we can get to the happy place, you know, but, um, but I feel like, and also because, um, especially in the beginning of my marriage, I mean, it's still challenging, but it was super, super challenging. And I was, I was really sad and depressed and that's a whole long story. And it wasn't just about my marriage. It was also about more about me and how I was taking care of myself, which I found out later. But mm. at the end of the day, at the time I made it all about my marriage. I was like, this dude is not making me happy. This is not working. And I oftentimes just felt sad. And he was just always like, what can we like, 
and even you know now sometimes he'll be like you know what made you happy today what what brought you joy did you laugh today and he asked me that a lot throughout the years and it just I think brought more awareness that like oh this happy dude wow. recognizes that I'm <laughs> definitely not as happy as him so and then it made me be like damn well why I ain't that happy and like what can I do about that and let me be a little bit more active in you know opening my heart up to something new you know which is it's experiencing more happiness and joy and really allowing myself to let that in. And I'm still working on that. I have a really hard time receiving, which I found out recently. I didn't really realize that. But through my work, I was like, oh, right. Okay, this, this is why I have to be active about this. Because again, it's not, I'm not used to it. I'm not comfortable with it. I'm becoming more comfortable with it. And I'm allowing more laughter and joy and uplifting experiences to come into my life. But I still have to be like, very mindful about it, or I can get sucked into kind of old ways of being and just accepting that. Mm, it's an active practice. Yeah, for sure. How has your life changed as a result of that? As a result of like allowing more of that awareness mm. and paying attention and being active about. Yeah. I mean, so much has changed. I feel like I'm more and more just stepping into my true self and who I am and why I'm meant to mm. be here. I think that, you know, when you have really low self-esteem and you're sad all the time and you kind of don't believe in your, your, like yourself or why you're here, it's hard to show up. But you're like, you're just kind of in this enclosed space, this bubble, and you're just kind of stay there you know at least that was my experience and I feel like the more that I allow joy and healing and love in my life I like having this sense of of mm, I don't know just letting that heal me and open me up allowed me to tap into who I really am and why I'm here and to and to believe that maybe I do have something to offer you know um and so even though I still I have to pump myself up still to this day. Um, but I know that when I push through, it's just, a, I'm able to live a lot more. I'm able to live a more satisfying life, you know, and the more that mm. I show up for myself and therefore I'm able to show up for others. Um, it just gets me into my purpose and why I'm here. And I think that, when we do that, we're able to feel more joy. And when we feel more joy, you know, we're able to reap the benefits of that joy. And when we're in our happiness and our joy, you know, we're able to just think more clearly. And we're more inspired and, and we're more open to the possibilities of life and recreating ourselves. And, and you know, just, yeah, I feel like the, the options become more limitless. And I feel like I'm I've opened this mm. door of limitless possibility that I'm, I went from someone that was like, yeah, I like to dance. Yeah. I like healing. And sometimes I do it, but I'll also settle for working at, as an assistant at this architecture firm and, you know, or working at, you know, when I was in high school footlocker for years, even though I know I love to dance or like, you know, like doing these things that kind of wasting my time in a way, because I just, I kept myself, um, what is the word when you like limit, basically just limited, you know? And so yeah. joy opened this limitless pathway. And now I'm just overwhelmed with my dreams. I'm overwhelmed with the possibility of who I am and what I can offer mm. and what's next for me. Like I have so many 
things that I'm inspired by. And I'm literally like, this is amazing. And wow, it's a lot. How do I, how do I do all this? So anyway, I think it, wow. big joy just opened up a lot for me. It's opened up better quality friendships. It's opened up a better quality marriage and, and just so many possibilities in my, for my career path and purpose. Mm, I love that. I'm curious, uh, you mentioned sort of earlier in your career working in some of these places that were not places of joy for you. (laughs) 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 So you studied dance Mm -hmm. in school, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When you got out of school, did you continue doing dance um, while working in non-dance areas? Or like, what did it look Mm -hmm. like for you Mm -hmm. to go from studying dance in school to right getting here now <laughs> yeah well there were some some different dance companies i was a part of so thankfully i didn't like drop it all together um and i was i was dancing for a while and then i think just not having the best experience with some of these companies just made me feel like you know what i actually have a lot of my own work that i want to develop and wanted to focus on that but because of, and that's kind of goes into another conversation, but, um, because I, I think just had a lack of belief in myself, I really just kind of stopped performing and creating for Mm -hmm. a while and then ended up just doing a bunch of jobs that, um, weren't very in alignment with my purpose. Um, I was doing like body work at that time, which I do believe is one of my gifts and I love doing that. So there, there was like at least one thread of that I felt I was connected to. Um, but I think throughout the years, the more I, I distanced myself from my creativity, um, the more, um, the more, what is the word? The more disconnected I felt from myself and the more disconnected I felt from God. Mm. And I always felt like there was this looming cloud just hanging over me of like, just following me wherever I went, because it was like, you need, you need to create, you need to perform, you need to be in your joy. Like that's partly why you're here. And so it was this, this thing that, yeah, was just really challenging and stressing me out. And, you know, it was just (laughs) for a long time and and at times still does. And thankfully I'm feeling good right now. And I'm like, okay, we're in a creative flow. We're doing things. This is good you know, but I go through stages where it's like, I, I leave that behind. And I think for different reasons, but, um, so yeah, that's what it looked like after I left. Mm. It was just kind of a mix of performing here and there and doing things that I felt connected to, but also I definitely spent a few years just kind of doing random shit. I mean, I was the door girl at a club for like five years. Who does that? My friend was joking me. She was like, girl, you got a PhD in being like the door girl, like taking people's money and stuff. (laughs) I was like, I know this is supposed to be a temporary job. And I mean, it was like, it was fun. And I loved, you know, it was like, I had a really cool club and great music and dancing. I love the people. And, you know, it was only one night a week, but still it was just like, uh, whatever I just did all kinds of stuff and I was just like this is cool and I don't know that this is why I'm here so <laughs> you know yeah. um or why I'm supposed to be here mm-hmm. and it served they all served this purpose and, and I think we all um sometimes just have to do there is some honor I think in just having to do a job and obviously we all have bills to pay and sometimes it's not going to be always 
ideal. And I think that that's okay too, if we can find a way to just show up for whatever we're doing, you know, we can. So I think that that's important too, but I know that the part of it for me was just getting a little too complacent and not actually trying <laughs> to expand myself, you know, and just getting again, a little too comfortable. Like it's fine. I'll just stay right here. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. At what point did you start to really see the possibility that you could have a whole career just doing the things that you really love doing? Mm. You know, a big part of that opening for me was my husband. Um, Marrying my husband, he is just one of the most supportive people in my life. And, you know, not only is he encouraging and just always been, you know, like, I want you to shine, do whatever's going to bring you joy, whatever you're here to do, you know, and, you know, honestly, him being able to provide a lot of financial support gave me the freedom Mm -hmm. to play, you know, and gave me the, but gave me, um, and I wouldn't say that it was because of that financial support that I was able to, um, I was alone, the financial support alone that I was able to really just take on all the ways that I felt like I was able to show up because even after I had that, then I had to face myself and that was the hardest person Mm -hmm. and the hardest, you know, um, part of, part of the process, you know? So I know a lot of, I used to always think, Oh, if I just had to find the money, I could do this. And it's like, "Mm, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. Cause then I had to face my own demons and nothing was in my way, but myself. And I still have, that's my biggest demon, you know? So um, I think, but I did have a certain cushion to allow me to do that work, you know, to give me the freedom to do that work or encouragement. So, um, mm-hmm. cause then I had no excuses. I'm like, wait, well, if I'm not doing these things, what, well, clearly I have some work to do, which I might not have done had I not, you know, but anyway, so yeah. just, just doing my, my work, you know, working with amazing healers and intuitives and just having amazing friends who hold up a beautiful mirror to, for me all the time to just see myself, you know, in all my glory and in all my, ways that I can polish up that mirror a bit more, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a process and like, you know, it still is. Hmm. What does it look like for you to, uh, like, do you have like a, a practice for, for maintaining your joy on a daily basis? Um, I do. I do. And it's pretty serious. Um, (laughs) I mean, I feel like, I feel like there's even things I could do to increase it. And I'm always like trying to check in like, wait, what, you know, what's going on? Did I need this today? What do I need today? Um, Cause I do things, I do some things that are very routine, but um, you know, like before I do almost anything, most days I have like a 90 minute self-care practice that I do in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I start off every day doing that unless I can't for some reason or, you know, I didn't get up early enough and I have to be somewhere and I have to cut it short. Um, and some of that practice includes, I mean, very simple, basic things that we all, many of us do, like obviously, you know, washing our face and brushing our teeth and right. all of that. But 
Um, mine includes like connecting with my body and, and strengthening parts of my body that need support and stretches. And um, I pray and meditate, you know, every, every morning in my backyard in the sun and I ground myself, my feet in the grass and um, let the sun just shine on my face. And, you know, like there's a lot of things I, I take supplements and vitamins I mean just taking those alone takes me like 15 minutes I drink a lot of water in the morning <laughs> and it's like and it's like a whole I you know I'm like oh and now it's time to do this and now it's time to do that and um and yeah. when I have to cut any of this short like I always feel a little off I'm <laughs> just like you know um it really just helps to like start me off right um yeah and I try my best to just get really great quality sleep and quality food and I take a nap every day, <laughs> you know, like there's like really simple things I do, but they're big, they're big because yeah. they're not always easy, especially when you're living in this, you know, this space and this society that's like constantly pushing you to just be, you know, go, go, go and productive. And it's all yeah. about working so hard that you're so tired all the time. And, you know, and it's just like, I'm like, fuck that. Like, you know, I'm trying to live a good life. Like I said, I'm trying to be in my joy and I've worked too hard to get to where I'm at emotionally and physically. And I just know that I need this care to just help sustain me on mm -hmm. a very basic level, you know? And so I mean, it's still challenging for me to accept that, but I'm accepting it more and more and just really embracing that I need these things to just help sustain myself and to make sure that I'm in a place where I can be inspired and I can do the work that I need to do because if I don't feel right and if I'm too tired or if I'm clouded and foggy and depressed because I'm not eating foods that are you know, supporting that, that mission, mm. well, then I'm falling off track and I'm disappearing again and I'm quieting myself and I'm kind of not living you know so yeah um so yeah I do a lot of things <laughs> just some, those are some basic things I do and then I try to like talk to a friend every day or someone that makes me happy even if it's just mm. a short call and I'm you know driving somewhere and I just you know want to hear someone's voice that uplifts me um I move my like moving my body is such a big part of me being in my joy so I, I yeah. take dance classes I teach dance classes but I also take them and make sure that I'm um tapping into that medicine you know so yeah there's you get the idea a lot that I do <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've got some really great routines did you did you uh did these routines sort of evolve over time? Like, did you actually sit down at any point and be like, okay, I need to make sure I'm doing X, Y, and Z in the mornings before I go anywhere? Like, no. what, what did that look like? Yeah, no, it just, they evolved naturally. Um, it was just, you know, whether it was seeing different, working with different healers and my chiropractor, they'd be like, oh, you know, honey, you need to take this for this or your blood work is showing this. So, so then it was like, okay, my supplements started like adding up. And then it was like, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as a dancer growing up my whole life, I've always been encouraged and, you know, you know, you're supposed to stretch all the time and strengthen your body. And the truth is, is I think I've just, I don't know if I've just been lazy or whatever, but I really like doing that work in community. So I haven't really taken a lot of time outside of classes and stuff to strengthen mm -hmm. my body. But what was interesting is, um, I had really bad back pain for a couple of years and I'm still working through a little bit of it. It's, it's, it's definitely, I'm closer to the other side, but I had such horrible back pain after seeing 
so many people and trying to get, you know, um, help with it. Some of the exercises I was given, like there's a couple of stretches that everybody was saying to do. And I was like, okay, if 10 people just told me I need to do this stretch on my back, <laughs> I need to start making this a priority and I need to do this in the morning. And there was different things that they were like, you need to strengthen your core. You need to stretch, you know, your psoas more. And it was all things I should have been doing anyway. So it's actually been such a blessing because now I start off my day like doing these strengthening exercises and stretching my body. Mm. And it actually came out of necessity, but now it's coming out of like a different type of necessity. Like I feel like even if my back is 100%, like I just feel better getting my blood pumping and being in my body in that way anyway. So yeah, a lot of these, a lot of this practice was definitely more organic. Um, Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of your work, uh, if I understand correctly, like your Afro hip hop dance classes and your Radiant Healing Breakthrough workshops, a lot of this stuff is not necessarily geared towards people who would consider themselves dancers. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. So how do you, um, like, what do you, what kind of advice do you give or like, how do you set things up for people who feel a little bit out of their element in their dance, but they want to try? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do you help people get into that? Well, I just try to make it really clear as I can that, you know, these spaces are for all levels. It's not for professional dancers. It's not that they're not welcome, but I really did create, at least my dance class is geared more towards, um, beginner intermediate. I mean, I've definitely had friends who are professional dancers have taken it, but like, this is so much fun. <laughs> um, excuse me. But, um, but I try my best to just let that be clear, you know? And the truth is, is I still hear all the time from people who are like, but I'm so scared. I'm not a dancer and you know, whatever. But then when some people do get over that fear and they come to my class, they're just like, that was so much fun. I cannot believe it took me so long to get there, you know? And you know, people be like, well, other people told me it was going to be easy and it wasn't. And I'm like, you know, well, just try my class. Maybe it will be easier for you. Hmm. And people are like, oh my God, it totally was, you know? So, um, so sometimes I can't convince everybody. Like I'm, you know, I'm still trying to like get the word out. You guys, this is for you. You can do this. Just try it out. Um, and then as far as the workshops, I think that somehow that seems more clear to people because I'm, you know, when they read like what it's about and, I'm, I'm just like, look, this was created for all levels. Anybody can do this. So um, usually people don't have too many hangups around the movement therapy stuff. But I think my dance class gets a little bit more intimidating for people, um, especially if I'm trying to like highlight my moves through social media, you know, or something, then people might be like, oh my God, it's going to be that hard. And it's like, no, we do a lot of the same moves. They repeat over and over. Trust me, you'll be fine. You'll get it. You know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's going to be start good. with the small stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And you are based in LA. Is that right? Yes, I am. And do you ever do these workshops in places outside of LA? I do. I haven't traveled them a whole lot, um, but I have traveled them. And actually, my first movement therapy workshop was in New York. Um, I okay. had told a friend of mine who lived out there, oh, Parisa, which is, I think, how you found me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was just work, doing this work at the time and developing it, and I was telling her about it. She was just so excited about it. She's like, oh, my God, you need to do your workshop out here. I'm inviting everybody and my friends and da 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 And I was like, okay, well, let's do this then. And I'm like, I'm doing my first workshop, you know, uh, nationally. Let's do this. Let's go to New York. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, so that was my first workshop. And then, um, and then sometimes they just happen in other countries, like organically, like when I went to um, Zambia with a friend of mine whose um, family members mm-hmm. were out there, there was a, um, a school, a high school for girls. And, you know, we were just volunteering to be of service. So we ended up doing what we do, you know, and she was like, gave some great talks. And I led some movement workshops, you know, with these beautiful girls in Zambia. And I was like, cool. Um, and then I went on a business trip with my mom to Thailand a few years ago. And, um, I totally went just to have fun. I was like, where are you going? I'm going with you. When, when we leaving? <laughs> I was like, Thailand's on my list. Let's do this mama. Um, so yeah, I went with her on a business trip. She, one of the things she does is she works for music cares. It's a charitable arm of the Grammys. They help out musicians in time of need. And she's also an addictions counselor and she sends, you know, artists who need help with, you know, going to rehabs and stuff. So anyways, we were visiting some, this, this organization that had some beautiful rehabs in Thailand for people who might want to go there. So I did a little bit of that. And just when we were at a dinner, you know, my mom just blowing me up and talking about me and all that I do. And they're like, Oh, what do you do? Can you teach a workshop tomorrow at our, you know, at our <laughs> clinic? And I was like, uh, sure. And I was totally unprepared. Cause like I said, I was just there to be on vacations. And I remember my friend was staying at my house at the time. And I, you know, how I was texting her and I was like, Oh my gosh, y'all, I was like, open up my computer, send me this document, send me this track and go up to my iTunes. Like, you know, like, and I basically like, you know, two days before like prepared, you know, prepared to, um, do these workshops in these two different beautiful facilities in Thailand. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. And that was a really beautiful experience for me because, um, you know, something I've, you know, I've experienced a lot. is just losing faith in myself sometimes or like when mm-hmm. things don't go exactly how I hope to go. Like I was actually, when I first created some of this movement therapy stuff and these specific programs I wanted to do, like they just weren't, um, People weren't signing up for them the way I thought they were going to. And it just, I was like, okay, I need to leave this alone for a little bit. And um, I realized that I just wasn't really ready. I need to do some deeper work within myself in order to, um, before I brought it back to the community. And so I had really left it alone. And I was like, God, you show me when it's time, you know, when it's time to come back to this. And I'm going to just work on myself until then. And that happened organically, you know, like a few months Mm -hmm. later. And I was like, oh it's time. Okay, cool. And they, they went amazing. And I got some amazing feedback. And some of the people there were like, we've had all kinds of workshops here. And this was like our favorite one so far. And I was just like, okay, okay, cool. So Hmm. yeah. So do you have any workshops coming up that people might be able to come to? (laughs) You know what? I actually wish I could be like, yes, um, next, next (laughs) Saturday is da, 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 da. Um, I've been getting a lot more private work lately, um, okay. been working with a lot of different organizations. And so I actually haven't offered in, um, like my movement therapy based like workshops day. in like almost a year and a half. And, wow. um, and yeah, so, but I'm really, um, been really inspired lately to just reconnect with my community and have those offerings again. So I am definitely cooking up some things. Um, Mm -hmm. So definitely folks should stay tuned and maybe sign up for my newsletter, um, which is they can get through my website. It's just my name, Tatiana Zamir. Um, And I'll be sharing some upcoming workshops. The only one I know for sure that's happening is in Atlanta. Um, It looks like it's going to be August 11th. Oh, Oh, hey, happy early birthday. We're super early, but (laughs) that's going to be fun. 
Um, and then I definitely have some LA ones coming up as well. I just don't know the dates for those yet. So yeah. But if people uh, subscribe to your newsletter, yeah, they'll get that information. Yes. And do you also post on your Instagram about? Yeah. Yeah. Like yes. Exactly. I definitely post on my Instagram as well. So if they're um, want to follow along on, on Instagram or newsletter or both, um, yeah, that's one way they can stay in touch and find out about what's going on. And just, okay. and I do just want to add, I'm not one of those people that sends out a newsletter every day, so I will not bombard you. <laughs> I'm like happy if I send one out four or five times a year, and that's about, that's <laughs> my, it's like I'm not consistent with that, but, so yeah, it is a good way to, good to know. just stay, stay in touch. <laughs> no, no, no shade on people who do that, but I know some folks that won't, you know, sign up because they're like, I don't want one more email. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I'm constant. I feel like I'm constantly like signing up for email lists and then like unsigning. Yeah, up exactly. <laughs> You're like, you know what? This didn't seem like a good idea at the time, but actually this is not working for me. I'm never opening up your email anyway. It's just taking me time to delete it. So yeah. <laughs> definitely a fine balance to be had. For sure. Sure. Well, it's been such a joy having you. Speaking of joy, it's been <laughs> such a joy having you on the show, Tatiana. Oh my gosh, this was so much fun. This was so great. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was awesome. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Everyday Creative People. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast, leave a comment, and tell a friend. Drop me a note on Facebook at Dina Adrian's Coaching and join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. See you again next Monday. Same bat time, same bat channel.